Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, welcome to the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With your hosts, Matty Wood, Matthew Davis, and the Roto-Gut, Vlad Settler. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mondays with Mattywood. I am your host, Matthew Davis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mattywood. But that is not the exciting part. It is my guest, and that is Ben Tidd. You can follow him on Twitter at BreakingBen underscore T. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? And thanks for joining me. Hey, Matthew. I'm doing good so far. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be only the third guest on this show. So that's because I'm excited to get talking. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, after having Rob DiPietro and Phil Dussault on, um, there was kind of a lull with this just because of the off-season content and um, scheduling and just life in general. But I do want to get conscious of cranking these things out every Monday morning and just kind of shoot the shit with a guest uh, pretty much of my choice. And we'll just go through news, notes, maybe talk about some fab that happened. Um, but we're still in draft season. I have a main event to go. I know that you have an NFBC main event to go. Um, so there's still a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, when you asked me if I was going to be starting this at the, the, you know, the weekly segment of Mondays with Maddie Wood again, uh, I immediately said yes. And I said it would be today, March, uh, March 27th. And then I, uh, right after that, texted you and or DM'd you, I should say, and asked you if you wanted to come on. So uh, this is really cool that you enjoy the show and now that you're on it. Um, so, Ben, getting into fantasy baseball and when you began playing with the NFBC, you started in 2020. So that was a shortened uh, season. I'm assuming that that was uh, a bit different because you were learning a new format, a new website. You know, the fab's a little bit different than some of the other sites. Uh, how did that go? What contests were you in? And And just give us the layout of how your first season went. It was actually a pretty good start. So I just played one league um, that year and I did a main event qualifier and I, I won it. Um, so I was one for one in the NFBC. Um, I remember I did have some, I, I think Jenny Butler was in my league. So I remember she, she got close to me at one point. So it wasn't easy by any means, um, but it was just interesting trying to learn how to do fab and set lineups. And it was, cause I'm, I wasn't used to the interface at all. And um, so that was my one league that year. And then the following year I was in the main event for the first time. Um, I tried some DCs also, and I think I did a TGFBI uh, satellite league. So I had a few leagues for that year. Um, wasn't nearly as, as successful as, as I was like last year. Um, I only won one league, and that was the TGFBI satellite. So I ended up going to TGFBI last year. 
and then again this year. But um, yeah, so I did the one one league in 2020, had a little success, came back for 2021. Didn't have the best year, but then I still came back. It was, it's just so much fun playing on NFBC. Listen, not all of us uh, are filled with zone, come in and start winning main events the first year. Yeah. It's, it's it's definitely not that easy. I believe I finished 14th my first main event. And if you ask most people that played, um, the majority of the responses will be that they finished in the lower half of their league. So uh, you don't need to feel ashamed at, at any point for that. It's just kind of uh, the process, right, when getting into this uh, sort of realm of fantasy baseball. Now, last year, though, you you turned a full corner. You came back and you kicked some ass. So you won your league and you finished third overall in the main event. And this was only your second season. Uh, that's really, really impressive. So now you've got to follow that up by winning it. Uh, now you got to win the overall, right? Or you're going to be disappointed. So you I know, keep hearing it's, that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, when you when you kind of cash something like that and you have success, it's like, oh fuck, where do I go from here? So the pressure's yeah. on. But I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know that you still have a main event to go. What are you doing now that you're in your third full season of playing at the NFBC? How are you, how are you prepping? Are you changing things from the first couple of seasons? Uh, or are you pretty much sticking to your original process? Yeah, I have this process down now. I really like, I forget when I first started it, but um, I'm, I've been just trying to refine it now. So I I started a little bit earlier this year with my player prep. Um, I kind of started in December. I usually I wait for for football to finish up and then I switch to baseball, but I decided to start doing some player rankings. So I do that first. Um, just look at like, um, um, like player stats, not really like projections yet. Also, they're not even out yet, but uh. So I do my play, my position ranks. Then once the projections start coming out, I start moving into like my overall ranks. Um, and then that gets me ready for DC season. And then I'll, this year I did three DCs. So I, I just love doing the slow drafts. You take, can take your time and do some player breakdowns even deeper than when I went through, the, through everyone the first time. And um, so I do that and um, kind of take a little break once the DCs end and then I like to do, uh, I still do the main, main event qualifiers. I like that being like my first fast draft just to get me used to uh, the, the pace again. So I did one of those again this year and then um, then it's main event time. And then I also have my home leagues. Um, well, my one home league at the, I'll have that draft tomorrow night. And then I still, I started playing on Yahoo. So I do that. Um, I still do one of those leagues just to, I still like that format. It's completely different from NFPC. Dave, Dave McDonald actually talks about that in one of our uh, private group chats. He talks about um, finding a huge edge because they do have, I wouldn't call it high stakes like the NFBC, but they do have leagues that um, aren't they like $500 leagues or something like that as, as well. And um, he seems to profit pretty well over there playing at Yahoo. And I still have my shout out to the California Penal League. I stole that name from, uh, or I used it from the movie Major League, right? When when Charlie Sheen's, he's like, well, where is he coming from? It's the California Penal League. And uh, so <laughs> shout out to all the members in CPL. We, we actually had our auction this year a little bit earlier than usual. So um, it's, it kind of sucks because some players have been getting hurt, you know, so some player teammate league mates are like, ah, oh, my team's already kind of dwindled, but that's just the nature of it. So it's kind of nice that you guys haven't had your draft yet. Uh, let's see. So before getting into news and notes, uh, I'll give a quick plug for FTN and, and what work we're doing over there at FTNFantasy.com. If you're not familiar with our work, you can go over there, check us out. We do have some weekly free articles coming out from Todd Whitestone and Michael Govier. Uh, Vlad Sedler had his first fab article come out last night, sort of brushing up on drafts that take that took place 
in the winter time and, and cranking out up to basically yesterday. I noticed there were, there were some movement in the recent main events for fab, but overall it was pretty much the leagues that were being drafted. I would call it at least a week or two ago uh, and then moving back. But anyways, yeah, so Vlad had his weekly fab article come out and that will come out each and every week. I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with that. And then this year I'm going to be uh, going to be having two Google Sheets with some some notes uh, on players as well. Um, and that's going to be for the weekly hitter rankings. And they'll be color-coded in tiers, et cetera, per position with eligibility at NFBC. And then I'm also going to be doing the closer report uh, that is going to have consistent updates as well. And Eric Cross is going to be doing our pitcher rankings. So go over to ftnfantasy.com, use promo code FTNPOD, and that will get you 20% off. All right. So couple fun news, couple meh news. Uh, let's start with the bad news first, and then we can kind of get into some fun stuff. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, he was pulled from his final spring start yesterday. It was deemed to be forearm tightness. The Guardians are saying that it is precautionary. Uh, we always kind of hear that at first, right? We heard that with Carlos Rodon. His forearm tightness was precautionary. Um, so hopefully, if you have any Tristan McKenzie, or if you're listening and have any Tristan McKenzie, that it is just precautionary and he is able to make his first start of the season uh, this weekend. Are, do you have any Tristan McKenzie as of now? Uh, if so, how concerned are you? I do not. He just happened to be someone that I I was a little avoiding only because of where he was going, who I like going in that range pitcher-wise and also hitter-wise. Um, so I, luckily for me, I don't have to worry about this too much. Um, but, I mean, I could see them being cautious now. It's probably his final start, and he'll probably have like a week off. Maybe he'll have his first start pushed back, if anything. But, um yeah, you never know. I guess like, well, the Rodon news seems better now. Um, I actually just fab someone who has the same thing, uh, Ranger Suarez. So mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on, I mean, if you're heavily invested in McKenzie, yeah, then you might be a little concerned. But if you have like one or two teams, and I don't know, I wouldn't be too worried yet. Yeah, before that news, he was getting a lot of love in Las Vegas this last weekend. Um, I, I know that he was already pretty much, a, a, you know, I'd say, consistent sixth round pick in the 15 team leagues. In my Vegas main event league, he went right after Zach Gallon uh, in the fifth round. So he was certainly getting some helium in love there. I know that one of my um, friends that I do a a main event with Zach Betancourt, he was very high on Tristan McKenzie as well. So hopefully things do work out for him. And then Wander Franco, uh, he was also, I I believe he was removed, uh, but he he had MRI results for his quad. And the Rays came back and said that it was favorable and they are optimistic that he will be ready for opening day. So the same question follows with him. Do you have any Wander Franco? Um, and if so, are you feeling okay with this quad news? It sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, I don't have any Wander either. Um, he's, he's one of those guys I've been like, yeah, I want to wait and see what he's going to be like in the majors before I really invest in early picking him. Um, whether he's going to steal some bases or hit some for more power. Um, so that's just kind of why I've been avoiding him in drafts. I think this was the same quad though they hurt last year, right? Yeah. So that's kind of uh, an issue, right? When it comes to lower body injuries, ligament issues, and he's young. So now I start to want to peel back just a little bit. If I'm already exposed and I'm going into another draft, I might want to just hold off a, a little bit. Um, Maybe we're just a year too early and these young players that are doing well in spring, we see them rise and it was interesting to see the shortstop market. So when we were drafting in December, January, February, and even early March, uh, when you looked at the shortstops right after 
the O'Neill Cruz, it was Dansby Swanson and then that group of Tim Anderson, Willie Adamas, Wander Franco, and Xander Bogarts. Uh, now it's all been shuffled around, and Tim Anderson's the one going the highest, and Wander Franco has surpassed uh, Xander Bogarts and Dansby Swanson, or at least Dansby Swanson. That was the one that he that kind of shocked me because I, I like Dansby Swanson quite a bit. But, um, yeah, so he's been rising. It'll be interesting to see where the market lies the rest of the way. But if I'm going into another draft and I'm looking at a shortstop, I'm probably not going to go with another one of, of Wander Franco. I don't have much of them. It's only 12.5%, and that was in a Gladiator. So that was done, I think it was my first draft of the year, actually. It was uh, in December. So I think it was a it's like eighth or ninth round pick. Um, and then in a best ball cut line championship. So that's, that's fine with me. Okay. Let's get on to what we saw was kind of the talk of Twitter over the last week. And then we certainly saw that, um, in the drafts this last weekend, um, and the news started getting better and better. And that's for rookie Anthony Volpe of the New York Yankees. The news came out that he is making the opening day roster. I see, I see your Yankees cup. And I will, uh, I don't know if I'll say I'll one-up you because the Yankees are a pretty damn prestigious uh, organization, <laughs> but I do have my Dodgers World Series yeah. cup here. So cheers to you. Yeah. Are you are you, are you you drinking coffee? I am. Just had to make one before I came on. Absolutely. Very good. Me as well. Uh, so cheers to the both of us. Anthony Volpe, um, it'll be good to get your perspective on it since you are a Yankees fan. So he went for over 50% in leagues that he was available in. So the only leagues that he was available in, let's call it like the Rotowire Online Championships, He's he was available in a few of those. I don't have the data. It was in Vlad's Fab article of what, what his availability was. Uh, but obviously he was out in every league, and we were seeing some hefty 50-plus percent bids, and some of those were coming. One of them came from the overall champion of last year, Andrew Geller. Shout out to the Guilds. Got to meet him this last weekend. Um he also had a new min pick uh, yesterday, right when the news broke. He went in the fifth round at pick 67 overall. Do you have any Volpe? And are you going to be willing to pay the new price for Volpe? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, tonight, no. In the main event, I will not be d- drafting him anywhere close to that. Um, so I, I know I won't, I won't be drafting him tonight. Um, in my home keeper league tomorrow, I may try to get him. Yeah. It's a different story. 12 teams. Um, yeah, so I, so far I've, I've kind of swung a miss on Volpe. I wasn't convinced he would be on the team for two reasons. He was on the 40-man roster, um, which I know people like Mike Curlin have been pointing out. It's a big piece. That was one of the issues with Jordan Walker, too, that I had was that he was on the 40-man. So they have to make a roster move. Um, well, with the Yankees, they had um, Frankie Montas hurt. So that was an easy move for them to make. Um, and also, too, looking at his minor league uh, stats, he only played 22 games at AAA. So typically the Yankees don't really push guys like that, um, even though he's been like one of their bigger prospects in the last few years. So I could see why an exception was made. Um, But as a Yankee fan, I'm just excited to see if he actually can perform. Um, I uh, I had a little Oswald Peraza FOMO, so I got on my last DC. Um, So, I mean, well, I have him there now, so I don't worry about cutting him or anything. But, um, yeah, so it's just the thing with – I'm not a big rookie guy, at least in the NFBC, because the – the, the, the teams are so big. You need you need guaranteed production in the 15-team league. And I remember seeing someone tweet that he had like a 313 on base last year in AAA. So, I mean, he is a great prospect. He's fast. Um, 
the the steel rules should help him out a lot. So if you want some speed, like while he's playing, like he could struggle easily and be down by end of April. So I, I couldn't see myself. Um, well, like you mentioned, the guilds, like he's one of the best players. So and I couldn't pay that much money in Fab form before the season even started. So. Yeah, I'm with you when it comes to these rookie evaluations. Um, when it's in D.C., sure, like last year I had some Julio Rodriguez, I think round 18, round 19. I had him in, even in the bar for the Bay Area, Roto Fantasy League, round 18, round 19. But as the closer as we get now, kind of now, um, and in these main event leagues, the price just gets so steep for them. And we've seen it not work out time and time again. And I know that we don't like highlighting all those players because there's too many to name, right? The player pool is just it's way too large to just use so many examples of rookies that had top pedigree and they come up and they fall flat on their ass and they get sent back down and they're riding the bus again. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he pays off the price. I know some people were saying, yeah, he could, but I don't think he necessarily is Julio Rodriguez or Bobby Witt. Maybe that's the difference here as well. I'm not great when it comes to these rookie evaluations. I don't dig deep on prospects until it's truly, truly time, but um, it is time with Volpe. And for me, the the price is just simply too much right now, uh, at least going into my last main event, which is Tuesday evening. Jordan Walker, you mentioned another rookie that was getting called up and then another, um, who he's also rising. Where did he go in my Vegas main event? I'm trying to find him. I know that he was getting some love as well. He went in the eighth round of, of my Vegas main event. Uh, and then the other rookie that just got the the nod is Oscar Colas for the Chicago White Sox. Um, he's not costing nearly as much as Volpe or Walker. He's now with a new min pick of 227. So that's round 16. But on average, he's going in round 18, which is much more palatable. Uh, less speed than, than Volpe, obviously. But... Um, where are you at on Colas? A, li- a little bit different or kind of the same? He's a rookie. I kind of give him the gnaw wave. Well, when he's going in the 200s, I'm more much more open to drafting him. I just haven't yet. Um, after being through these 15-team drafts, this, when you get to 200, those outfielders are they're kind of all the same almost. It's whether you need speed or power or average at that point. Um, so he's someone I'll, I'll be interested in if the, if, the, if the need is there for me tonight or in my next couple of drafts. Yeah, I think I have a little bit of interest in, in him as well. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Jordan Walker, Anthony Volpe, Oscar Colas, and hell, there's even other guys, right? There's there we could go on and on about like James Outman. He's going much later. He, he could do better than some of these guys. Maybe not. Um, it's all dependent, right? How do they how do they begin? You definitely don't want to get out out to a small uh, a slow start as a as a rookie, um, and then you hopefully can can stick with a good team context and things can work out, but it'll be interesting to see. So last night I did brush up on Volpe kind of being the big fish, having some bids in fab over 50%. Um, were you part of the, the NFBC Twitter barrage last night that was just kind of refreshing, tapping refresh, refresh, or do you, did you have any fab leagues that were running last night? Yeah. So I had three leagues that had already drafted. Um, but I didn't have any big bids in, so I wasn't I wasn't too uh, anxious to see what the results were. Um, I had TGFBI mentioned that that I put a couple of bids in in that. I put one one bid in in my main event qualifier. I didn't win anyone, but that was fine. And then in the main that I drafted on Saturday night, I did have a bid, and then and I got a. I think I mentioned before I got Ranger Suarez. Mm-hmm. I had Yanni Chirinos, so um, I was 
I knew the Rays had an easy schedule to start, and I was banking on him being the fifth starter, but Josh Fleming won out the battle, so I had to drop him. Yeah, last night for me, uh, in the main events that I already drafted, um, and then and then the Vegas auction, I didn't make any moves there. Uh, and then when I was looking to make a move in one of the main events, it was sort of cut a reliever because I liked other relievers better just to use for this first weekend. It was really just dollar out days and maybe I can fall into a late win or a save and just try and get some good ratios and some cheap saves. You definitely don't ever want to go into this first weekend with the, with the zero. So if I don't have, you know, five or six starting pitchers that are going the first three or four games, then I'm definitely going to want to um, supplement that with a reliever. Um, some of those guys was like Griffin Jacks, Michael King, um, I already had all the Jose Alvarado, so I couldn't add him anywhere. But, um, you know, guys like that is sort of what I was looking to target. Even even some of the back-end guys for the Dodgers that weren't added, Alex Vecilla, Yancy Almonte, um, just looking to do that uh, yesterday in Fab Leagues. Oh, so, Ben, you did you see the David Roberts bids? What do you think about that, actually? The, the, the 300, 350s, 360s, I was seeing some of that for David Robertson. They haven't specifically named the Mets closer right um i don't think so i uh i think i i think i think i this is the tweet i had last night i got brad boxbert no it was out of vino i got um mm -hmm. he was someone i was in on if i didn't um if i needed a closer um yeah so i i don't think it's set in stone it, that's a lot of money to pay out already for someone i mean i i know his his skills are kind of declining a little bit last year he's older now um i think it's gonna make a trade the mets so it's a lot of money to dish out before pitch is thrown right and so now you're going into um the season with maybe 60 to 70 percent of your fab um and and you mentioned the team context right that owner uh, cohen he's really fucking aggressive and if he doesn't like what he sees i would not be shocked to see a barlow david bednar anywhere in between there um david Bo daniel bard uh, some somebody like that getting pushed over uh, on a non-contending team uh, and going over to the New York Mets, you you mentioned Bard and his age. He's now 37 years old. He's actually turning 30, 38 in a, like two weeks. Um, and then last year, uh, he did still hold a decent strikeout rate, a pretty damn good strikeout rate of 30.7%. But we saw another spike in that walk rate, which has been one of his uh, issues throughout his career. He has a double-digit walk rate for his career at 10%. And last year, it was at over 13% at 13.3%. So, there are still some concerns there. And then the team context, Ottavino, he's he's still pretty good and has previous experience. He costs a lot less. Um, and then in fab last night, I got into bed with my wife. And no, I wasn't making love while going over fab results. That would be pretty cool, though. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to explain to her as the season began this year of looking at some of my leagues, where some players went. And so she was asking, you know, if there was a dash under runner up, what that meant. And I, she says, does that mean you could have got the guy for one dollar? And I was saying yes. And so we were kind of just flipping through some of my leagues. And it was interesting to see uncontested bids. And there's, you know, players going for hundred or two hundred dollars and nobody even put a dollar in on some of them. That wasn't the case for Robertson, but it was interesting to kind of show her you know explaining to her because she doesn't really know the game of fab she does she does know it but not like you know to the levels and extent so i was trying to explain to her a little bit of where some guys were going and my thoughts on it and uh she thought it was really interesting when she would see like a 23 dollars bid and nobody with a runner she thought that was oh my gosh so much money already so <laughs> um when she saw something that was triple digits it kind of lit her eyes up right away yeah i don't play fab um for like the other sports on nfbc so this, like, this is like my like 
I'm ushering myself back into the into the mindset. So I'm like, okay, hopefully I don't like overspend on these guys that I just want for like flyers right now. Um, yeah, I was mentioning out of Vino and I, and I replied to Vlad's tweet. I got him for 26. The runner was 25. So I'm like, yes, uh, I still got it so far. <laughs> it's funny, right? So if you would have gotten out of Vino 26 to zero, you'd have probably felt like a piece of shit, right? But then you got it good. The runner up was 25. Now you feel like you're, you're, you're on the top of the castle. It's, it's really yeah. funny how that works. It was TGFBI, but it was just like, it was good practice. Sure. Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I was talking to Phil Dessau in, in Vegas and he was getting ready to, um, in the platinum league, that's the biggest draft that they have. It's a standalone league in the, uh, NFBC. It's a $15,000 entry fee. And the way that they do, um, it's, it's a KDS style, I suppose, but it's a little bit different. You use, you get a ball and that's your number and you get a kind of, they, they place the bids basically on fab. They use fab to make their selection of, you know, they bid who wants the first round pick and you use your fab. Um, and I won't give away that. Well, I guess the league was done, but anyways, the fun, the funny part of it was when Phil was explaining his strategy to me, he basically wanted to use the lowest amount of fab possible uh, for his draft pick. And he was telling me if it wasn't for our virtual thousand dollars of fab and it was actual real money, he would have been willing to shell out much more of actual liquidity from his checking account or savings account versus the, thousand dollars of virtual monopoly fab money that we're playing with so yes that is it is very sacred to us those thousand dollars that we get per league uh, it was it really did have me chuckling when phil was telling me that once it's I, gone I, it's I gone get it. yeah that's right that's right you can you can read you make more money can, in real life <laughs> yeah, that's right it's more sustainable right yeah uh ben anything else you have your main event tonight what where, what pick are you what pick do you have uh tonight i am seventh so i was 10th in the first one Love it um wasn't ideal but i prefer seventh um i think there's a good seven uh, otani has moved into that top pick range for me after i it wasn't because i saw your draft board either i was uh already jumping on the bandwagon a little bit with being okay with taking them I, it's just the util only is that the, the biggest thing with me um yeah. i don't mind about the pitching and the hitting it's it's just the util only this but clogging that up to start but if he's there at seven um I don't care if anyone hears this, but yeah, I'll, I'll take him if he's there. Oh, abs- absolutely. Um, that was my number one selection that I wanted. And if he was gone, I was probably going to pivot to Garrett Cole just mm. to get a pitcher because in my first other main event at pick seven. So I was drafting in my main event, seven, eight, eight, which was my preference oh. um, for the most well, part. And that's some, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling, yeah, no, that was actually my second preference it was seven and eight. I wanted to be right there. Uh, and I'm feeling pretty good, but yeah, Otani was the guy for me. And I, I just don't think it's, I think we're still just a year late on him being the one, one, to be honest. Um, yeah. last year after what he did, I thought, well, fuck, there's our one, one. And then we get into drafts and outside of the cut line in the best ball because he just moves around for the, you know, the optimal scoring system. Mm-hmm. He's still not the one, one. Um, so maybe next year after he wins another MVP, Shohei Otani will be the one, one and Hopefully he will be wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey because I think that's what they're holding their chips for. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think he has any shot of going to the Yankees. He probably wants the West Coast. Yeah, 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 most definitely. Uh, Any final thoughts or words from you? No, this is awesome hopping on and talking baseball with you. Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, You guys, again, can follow Ben, Ben Tid, that is, on Twitter at BreakingBen underscore T. And you can follow myself on Twitter at Matty Wood. This is Monday, March 27th. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will be back next week with a new guest. Until next time. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the FTN Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Matthew Davis and Vlad Sedler. Make sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at underscore MattyWood underscore and at RotoGut. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.